chapter eleven of the book of love by paolo Monsagazza. this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter eleven boundaries of love and their relations to other sentiments jealousy two as jealousy is not an elementary psychical phenomenon but simply an empirical mixture it has many and varied ethnical forms and becomes necessary in all countries where polygamy prevents man from physically and morally satisfying a woman and where the husband merely because he is rich and powerful selects his wife and forces his love upon her the jealousy of many oriental nations is proverbial and perhaps monogamous peoples become jealous through contact with polygamous ones as in sicily and in certain parts of spain it seems to me however that in some cases jealousy has not a clear historical origin but assumes an ethnical character according to the special constitution of a race in any case in europe italians spaniards and above all portuguese are very jealous and as i learned in america the most jealous of all are the brazilians the common people will certainly not be persuaded by my psychological analysis and will continue to measure the force of love by the unreasonableness of suspicion and many dear and lovely women will continue heaven knows for how many centuries to taunt their lovers with this foolish plaint you do not love me because you are not jealous how can you love me if you do not feel for me the slightest jealousy foolish lamentations often uttered by happy creatures who perhaps finding it strange and against nature to be too happy look for some occasion of sorrow and regret can any one love anybody on earth more deeply than one's own children certainly not and yet we are not jealous when others love them and father and mother sublimely vie with each other in adoring and fondling them you should love your companion in love in the same manner and if you fear to lose him that fear must not be the wrath of the inquisitor nor the clutch of the miser vain counsels words thrown to the winds jealousy is one of the most constitutional psychological maladies and if one is born with it it is very difficult to cure may a benign fate keep it from you it poisons the dearest joys of life penetrates every pore of the skin pours its gall into every drop of water into every mouthful of bread it transforms the man who loves into a policeman always armed with alert ear and prying eyes and the jealous man is always spying doubting suffering he investigates the past the present and the future he seeks the lie in a caress indifference in a kiss in love he always fears hypocrisy what a hellish life it is a hundred times better not to love than to love in this way the punishment of the few jealous men with exquisitely gentle hearts should be this to know that those who are as jealous as they generally entertain more self-love than love and that the highest and noblest creatures have always loved without jealousy the day when we perceive that we are no longer loved when we are deceived let love die without replacing it with jealousy from suspicion to condemnation or acquittal between sincere lovers the path cannot and must not be a long one to a frank question a frank answer let suspicion or love die but they should die in a hurricane or in a battle die a violent death they should not drag a miserable existence between the courts and the prisons 
hundred times better a lightning that kills us than the feverish jaundice which consumes the stamina of our lives poisons all sources of our joy jealousy besides as it has already largely declined in monogamous society will continue to decrease in the future when matrimony shall be but the sanctification of love when the choice shall be always reciprocal when in the moral relations between the two sexes all trace of hypocrisy shall have disappeared to know that we are loved esteemed and to love and esteem our companion deeply and sincerely is the surest guarantee of defence against that sordid parasite that woodworm of love which is jealousy let woman cease to be a slave or a freed woman let the husband or lover cease to be the proprietor of a woman and all those lepers of love the jealousy mad will disappear at once self-esteem independent of jealousy has many legitimate relations to love of which it enriches the treasures no man no woman in the world knowing that he or she is loved by a most noble creature can help feeling proud and if a delicate reserve prohibits our heralding our good fortune we can however relish the secret joy of knowing that the world envies us it is almost always beyond human strength to renounce these joys which can be delighted in without humiliating others and without any shadow of rancour woman especially with admirable art knows how to say countless things silently and when she is proud of a noble love she radiates an aureole of light as to dazzle the adorer and the apathetic with the majesty of a queen and the reserve of a woman and without opening her lips she can say to all envy me i am loved holy and just and chaste pride which i wish all the daughters of eve who shall have deserved love should feel lovers and sweethearts choirs of adorers and famous beauties may be objects of luxury as are horses and palaces and it is natural for human vanity to seek those things and to appreciate and utilize them to humiliate those who have them not vanity uses love then as a pretext and many women incapable of loving may conquer men solely as trophies of war just as men oftener than women may through pure vanity undertake a war of conquest all these facts however belong to the history of pride and vanity and we have already dealt with them in our study on the sources of love in that study we have seen by what paths one is led to love and we were therefore obliged to consider friendship compassion and many other sentiments as sources of love but all endearing sentiments may have relation to the prince of affections that is to say take the place of love that wanes when the sun shines in the heavens the light of the moon and that of the minor stars are invisible and in the same way when love glows above the horizon of life friendship compassion and all other tender affections can no longer be seen or felt but when love disappears we can see the minor sentiments take its place esteem veneration and all other analogous sentiments may be companions of love but only too often they are bestowed upon a creature who little deserves them love is a wizard that transforms and beautifies and magnifies everything he touches and we can have immense esteem and deep veneration for the most despicable man for the most abject most wicked woman it does not reflect much honour upon us but it is true no brigand ever stood in need of loves often deep and ardent and no beautiful courtesan ever lacked illustrious lovers what does it matter if the object of love is a disgrace in everybody's eyes spat upon by public contempt set in the pillory of universal hatred we love him we love her that is enough and why do we love him why do we love her because it pleases us before the inappellable rudeness of this explanation what can science say what can morality suggest 
science recognizes the fact and explains it a creature despicable in every respect must please us very much to inspire us with love and this sentiment must be really gigantic if it conquers human conventionalities vulgar prejudices and the most persistent habits it has been said with much truth that no woman was more ardently loved than a homely woman and the same may be said of a brutal or criminal man a woman of the street or abject for any reason a great man if accused of loving a debased or silly woman could often blushing with shame strip her before the world like ancient phrynne saying let him dare throw the first stone at me who feels himself incapable of loving this beautiful creature and the man who through crime or baseness has been banned from civilized society has in his heart for the woman who loves him some pure and virgin oasis in which his love is lying he still has some untainted place reserved in his soul for the beloved one and this love concealed and bitter possesses for certain natures all the perilous seductions of strong aromas and intoxicating poisons no man in the world is entirely wicked and some of the ferocious kindnesses of the assassin some of the generous impulses of the thief are preserved for the companion of love such is the omnipotence of this sentiment which like an ancient alchemist transmutes the vilest metals into liquid gold and discovers the only diamond buried in the sand of a great alluvium science then admits loves without esteem and bowing its head with a blush of shame acknowledges that they are only too frequent where science is still and humiliates itself morality erects its head and flagellates love without esteem as a crime and a crime which breeds other crimes woe to us when bold avengers of public contempt we dare boast of loving a vile creature and impudently parade such love as though intending by our arrogance to impose silence on indignant decency or by our insolence to act as pedestal for the offended paramour liars in our own eyes we defy alone the holiest and most inviolable laws of beauty and honesty and proud first then bold and insolent we end by becoming truly ribbles and all encircled and hidden by mire we permit no gentle creature to approach us who could inspire us with a pure and noble affection human passions may try many stunts and tricks but in the end natural sentiments like normal situations are the healthiest and most enjoyable we can raise for an instant the vilest creatures on the shield of pride but our arms will tire and we will roll into the mire together with our idol of a day the woman we love must not only be the companion of our voluptuousness but also the mother of our children the man a woman loves must be the husband and the father of the family we should not consecrate the blush of our face in that of our children who will curse our wicked loves and will perhaps execrate the name of the father or the memory of the mother when pride has lost its keenness and the hour of revenge has passed woe to us if we shall find ourselves alone with a creature whom we cannot hold in estimation if love is really the holiest thing of life the most ardent affection the most voluptuous joy we must erect a temple to him with our own hands and with our most sublime sentiments decorate his tabernacle in which we can worthily adore him as a god love born among crimes and turpitudes is a nest woven with thorny shrubs and thistles while we should weave it with the most aromatic leaves and the most beautiful flowers men and women we should vie with each other in gleaning fields and gardens in, in bearing to love every gentle affection every noble aspiration every impulse of lofty ambition 
lust and pride when coupled become the step-parents of every love without esteem which like every organism born of evil lives a scrofulous and wretchedic life full of sorrows and calamities if love is really the most precious gem we should enclose it in a casket which for richness of material artistic skill and inimitable aesthetic conception should be worthy of its contents nothing but noblest things should touch it no breath unless perfumed with sandalwood and roses should be exhaled near it no hand but that of an angel should caress it no heat should warm it but that of the kisses of two loving lips if woman should concede her love only to the honest and industrious man if it were possible that man love no woman but a modest one we would see the human family regenerated in the course of a generation we would see men educated through voluptuousness for the prison that terrifies for the hell that threatens we would then substitute the caresses of a woman the kisses of a man as educative energies shall this eternally be a dream shall we always threaten and assault men to make them better shall we not have a medicine less cruel than sorrow to cure men of vice and crime End of chapter eleven